0: my parents weren't particularly supportive they coming from an asian background they hey i i give you i i made you give you a degree why are you doing uh, why are you becoming a copy boy that was the word for a copy boy
1: you're listening to Foodie Canteen, a food podcast brought to you by Good Foodie Media. I'm your host, Kessel Lim. We are back again with Season 3, where I'll take you through Malaysia. And today on the show, all the way from Kuala Lumpur, we have Terence with us. He's the co-founder of Zeus Coffee, one of the newest and latest Malaysian coffee chain. After opening their first outlet in KL in 2019, now they have 61 outlets nationwide. Today you'll find out how they grew so quickly just in two years, even through the pandemic. Hey Terrence, welcome to the show.
0: Hello, hello, hi Castle. How are you?
1: I am good. I'm so happy you made some time to come up here on the pod. Yeah, I'm very excited.
0: And very excited. This is this is something that's pretty new for me as well.
1: <laughs> so actually for season three, um, we are highlighting each player from each state in Malaysia. And I think Mm -hmm. I just want to set the stage here for our listeners who's never been to KL, like from Perlis or Kedah, who are non-Malaysians listening to this podcast. I think um, people have imagined KL as a hustle and bustle city with lots Mm -hmm. of cafes, high-end dining, um, hawker foods with a rich family history. But being born Mm -hmm. and raised in KL yourself, what is your version of KL growing up?
0: Um, It's actually very different from what it is today. Uh Um, Being here for the last 20 plus years of my life, um, there were not that many highways, not so many cars. Um, More trees, that's definitely uh, less jams. So times have changed and it's a bit more bustle now. Uh, A lot more things, a lot more exciting now as well. Yeah. That that's what's has changed over the years or so.
1: Yeah. I mean the answer um, you're giving me now is like uh infrastructure and economy, but what about yeah, your yeah. story?
0: What about my story? Uh I think um what's key about in KL is that we have a lot of options. Uh and then that is something that has been um coming from my my hometown is actually uh my Parents' hometown is actually in Ipoh, so um, every Chinese New Year, we actually do get to go back and we see this, uh, me and my family, we see this vast difference in um, the type of foods that are available, the type of people that are there, and the language that they speak. Um, and being raised in KL, um, you have such diverse uh people around you. So you have people that speak really good English. Uh, Then you have the bunch of people that are all Chinese spoken. So in that way, you have this very interesting mix of food, culture. And um, I think that's what has really helped me today to adapt to where I am as well. Yeah. Yeah, That's a it good is.
1: Answer. Yeah. <laughs> and and <laughs> since you're talking about food and we are a food podcast, like what are some must-try food you would recommend to people who are visiting KL?
0: Visiting KL? Oh, whew, um, KL has a lot of good food, man. Uh, I don't think I would be doing it justice if you were to ask me <laughs> what What are your favourites? Oh... Uh, <laughs> In fact, just now I was just talking to one of my colleagues. I think one of the best food that all of us can agree on banana leaf. Ooh, we yeah. have some of the best banana leaves in KL. Yeah, you gotta yeah, eat it yeah. with the
1: hands, like if you eat it with the. Yeah, spoon yeah, yeah that's, not. that's
0: the official rule. You do <laughs> yeah. not
1: eat it with fork and spoon. You gotta yeah. get your
0: hands dirty. Yeah. Uh, you gotta get the spice onto your fingers. That's how you do it. <laughs> and
1: different types of curry. Love it. Mm -hmm. So tell us when did you first come across the coffee space?
0: Um, Okay, so I've always, uh, as a young boy, I've always loved Starbucks, ironically. Okay, Uh, that's where everybody starts. Uh, Frap, especially the ice blended. I think a lot of people can relate to that. um, Going to Starbucks is all about the ice blended. So um, for the longest amount of time, um, I've always wanted to work in that type of space where I want it for free. I don't want to keep paying for the ice blended. So ironically, right after high school, that's where I ended up started working in Starbucks and yeah, I started getting um, all my ice blended for free.
1: <laughs> and what did your parents think about that, like going into this coffee space?
0: Oh, not good, not good, not good. It wasn't It wasn't a very smooth journey at all. Um, in fact, I uh, while I was working in the coffee scene um, my parents uh, i was actually also studying uh, full time going through uh, a business degree and right after I completed my business degree, um, i went full time into coffee and it was it was quite a tough journey actually um my My parents weren't particularly supportive they coming from an asian background they Hey, I I give you, I I made you give you a degree. Why are you doing, Uh, why are you becoming a copy boy? That was the word for it, copy boy. So, and, uh, huh, you're only earning that much, uh, (laughs) uh, (laughs) you know? Um, And uh, it was very frowned upon. Uh, It was a very tough time. Uh, Fortunately, um, my mom uh, was able to see that I was very happy. And eventually, they also accepted that I'm doing this out of a passion out of my personal peace and joy. So, uh, it took a while, but I got there. I got there. And And today. I'm sure
1: now they're happy. (laughs) They better be. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. And how was it like when Zeus first started in 2019? Seems like not too long ago, but with 61 outlets now, it feels like a long time ago.
0: Yeah, it actually does. Um, I... Time flies when, when you're very busy. So um, in 2019, to be honest, we were very unsure. Uh, me and my partners, we were all very unsure. I think the heart of why we started Zeus Coffee is because we wanted to, we were very passionate about um, delivering um, quality coffee to our consumers. That's something that we don't see um, that is widely available in Kale at a point of time. Um, and we really didn't have much thought. We didn't think about growing too big. We were just, hey, let's, let's, I think this is the right thing to do. I think we really want to um, start it like that, giving people the opportunity to have quality coffee. And that's how it was. Yeah, we were very unsure. We, we didn't, there was no reference, yeah.
1: But Zeus wasn't your first venture. Like before Zeus, you were doing something else in the coffee space as well. Yeah,
0: correct. I was, um, I was with another chain uh, coffee business, uh, been working there for the last probably nine to eight to nine years. Um, and that is where I picked up all the necessary skills that I have today. And um, where I learned was the um, weaknesses and all where the strengths of the industry in Malaysia. And that is precisely why it pushed me to start. Zeus to get with my partners, yeah.
1: And like what you said just now about your parents' perception of you being a barista in the beginning, like you're just a copy boy. Uh, we are now in what we call the third wave coffee. In the past, it was the kopi and the mama. That's mm-hmm. where our parents get the coffee culture from. And yeah. then came coffee chains like Starbucks and coffee bean tea leaf. Now mm-hmm. we have independent cafes, um, local coffee shops like VCR or Norm in Penang um, that's mm-hmm. focused on making specialty coffee. Do you think mm-hmm. Zeus is somewhere in between like the second and the third wave because you guys focus on specialty coffee but you are not like a three outlet coffee like cafe you are like 61 outlet nationwide just like a bit like starbucks
0: mm, um okay um just to give you a bit of sharing yes we we are always trying to bridge that gap um if you realize um from the first wave being the kopitiams and all the different type of uh places where you get your normal copy paying, copy cow, and then progressing to um, brands like Starbucks, coffee bean, where they are more commercial and they're all everywhere. Then you have your independent, like what you said, those are the three waves. Um, I don't see Zeus coffee being in any of those three waves. I would like to see Zeus coffee in um, kind of our own wave, the fourth kind of wave where we make um, coffee more approachable, coffee more um, fun Previously, it's always been very serious about coffee. You want coffee, it's about work. It's about getting things done. But um, what the independent coffee shops did, they made it more approachable. They started mixing it up with um, special, special types of flavors and ingredients. Uh, Yeah, I would say we are making our own kind of wave uh combining a bit of what the second wave was where you have it in different places and also the fun and the creativity that you see in the third wave yeah
1: yeah i love the way you put it can you briefly like educate us on what defines like specialty coffee versus commercial grade coffee
0: hmm Uh, Very nice. Very great. I like like this question. (laughs) Uh, I spend a lot of time explaining this to all my customers. Um, Commercial coffee is basically coffee that uh, is readily available and it's so easy to procure. But once you go into specialty. Um, everything is about transparency. Everything is about traceability. So And sustainability as well. So in specialty, we hold very high regards as to where we procure our beans, who is farming our beans, um, where is the farm from, um, what is the grade of the coffee. So um, in the commercial sense, they do not uh, highlight all these details. So in most cases, what happens to all these commercial type of farmers is that um, their livelihoods are not taken care of. Yeah. And in specialty, we have that strong emphasis on the relationship between the farmer, the roaster and us in the cafe. And we educate our consumers. Hey, do you know this cup of coffee that you're buying today? It's actually, the farm is all the way in Brazil, for example. Um, the farmer's name is so-and-so uh, the name of his estate is so-and-so and you are buying this cup your cup is directly affecting his livelihood that is what it means to be specialty uh, so like every,
1: uh, every stage of the supply chain the farmers, the roaster and you guys are well taken yep. care of correct, correct and when MCO hit us in 2020 you guys started with outlet number two and ever since you've grown to what is now 60 plus outlets um, across six states in Malaysia, what do you think played the biggest role in this rapid growth?
0: Oh, okay, I would say um, it started with what we want to do. So initially, all we wanted to do was provide a very a good cup of coffee and make it readily available. So in our first location, we, we were located in, in KL, in the heart of KL. But it was a very obscure part of KL. It's very hidden. So um, during then, we told ourselves, okay, there's no nobody's going to come in to buy coffee from this place. So let's do delivery. And it just so happened when we started this uh, this initiative to get deliveries coming into the cafe, Um, It just kept picking up, just kept picking up and um, very blessed uh, and thank God as well that uh, we did that. So when MCO hit, it made more sense for us to focus on the delivery. So I would say that we have been very fortunate, very blessed to be caught in such a situation as well. Yeah. So from then, it just helped us reach more people.
1: And among the six states, right, which state was the hardest to go into?
0: Among the six states, which state was the hardest? Uh, Let me think. Let me think. I think the hardest for us to go into, Johor was fine. I think it was Penang.
1: What I think it was that? Penang. <laughs> Why Penang? Have no idea. Okay. <laughs> Tell us, uh, Chow spills the beans. <laughs>
0: Penang people are not very, not particularly friendly when it comes to complaints. <laughs>
1: <laughs> like what? Do they yeah. want it cheaper, bigger, more milk? Like, what is it? Uh
0: Something along those lines or something along those lines. Or, you know, they, they find very, very funny things to complain about, which is very entertaining, by the way. So they would tell me, hey, my coffee is not hot enough. And then uh, my baristas would be scorching their hands just to hold the cup, but it's not hot enough for them. So... Yeah, cases like that. <laughs> yeah, very, very fun. Uh, but nonetheless, they, they have been a very great uh, bunch of people as well. Very friendly. Very friendly, but maybe not on the complaints part. But yeah, Penang.
1: Okay interesting to know since now that i'm still based in penang <laughs> uh in this recording but uh i just want to ask you like um with this growth and i'm sure there's challenges and but like you said you guys are very blessed uh to be mm-hmm. in this season of time and with a great growth does it keep you up at night like thinking that somewhere something might go wrong <laughs>
0: I don't think I'm getting sleep every night. <laughs> it's been like that for, I like, think.
1: Like, what are the thoughts that go through your mind? Um, the worries?
0: Oh, um, I think recently, one of the biggest things that hit us was the flood.
1: Mm, um, yeah.
0: Wow, the flood was something that you, it nobody expected. You know, we we knew it was raining. We knew it was raining very heavily and it just didn't stop. And never has it occurred to us that it would affect our business. So then the next thing we have to do, um, we have to arrange for the livelihood of our staffs. We have to make sure that each and everyone gets home safe. Uh, are they uh if they're caught in the outlet, what happens next? So um I think it's all part of business. There is always going to be all these unexpected struggles. You're never going to be able to be fully prepared. Um, but we like to be um We like to have as many tools as we can prior to all these things happening. I think that's key. And um, working together with the other departments and communicating on how we can make the best of all these weaknesses is how we go through now. Yeah, so you asked me anything that keeps me up at night. I think it's um, whenever a problem comes along... uh, then how are we going to solve it together? So we have a lot of late night meetings, a lot of late night phone calls. That is what keeps me up at night.
1: Yeah. And, I mean, I read uh, research saying that around 60% of new restaurants fail within the first year with like 80%. They don't make it to their fifth anniversary. I don't know how this rings true to cafes, if it's the same or slightly different. But uh, we've uh, you've answered it in the uh, last two questions. But I just want to ask, like, what do you think you are doing differently that makes use to what we see now as pretty successful?
0: Mm, I think... Okay, so being a barista, and I think that is something that we have driven from the very start in everybody's hearts in this company, that it is really not about us. It is about the baristas. It's also about the customers. So it's always about them first. It's always about what we can do for them and how we can impact their lives. Uh, Sounds very abstract, but it rings true to everybody here. Um, like for instance, one of the initiatives that we have in this company is that the moment you join uh, this company, regardless of whether you are joining as a management team or whether you're joining as um, the warehouse, for example, you would have to commit to going into operations for at least a day just to understand what it's like to be a barista just to understand what it's like to serve a customer. So um, I that is really where you start. That is really where you start. And um, I am very fortunate to have uh, references like um, one of my favorite restaurants, chain restaurants, uh, Haidilao. Service. It's always about the service. It's always about the people, how you treat the people. And that is where we started. Um, and I think that rings true for all my partners as well. That's what we have committed to. And I believe that's the difference that makes us where we are today. Yeah. So the key is making sure your the baristas are happy, the customer is happy, the business is taken care of.
1: It's like the extra little mile you go in hospitality. Actually, I was just before this interview at Zeus, I was just sitting for like 45 minutes just to observe and like be in the zone. And then when I left, like this barista was like, hey, bye, have a good day. And it makes me happy it's just you don't have to say it but when I walk yeah. out I feel like you feel maybe like community a sense of relationship yes. and that's what yes. makes it different by going um, to some other restaurants who don't really care yeah. Mm. yeah let's tap into your creative zone for a bit you're pretty much the heart and soul of the drinks at Zeus how do you get into <laughs> this creative zone when creating new drinks like maybe even like this CNY edition or some other drinks oh. you like to talk about
0: Uh, drinks that is very interesting Um, I think first and foremost you gotta love food (laughs) you gotta love food and Malaysia is a perfect place to be in um, when you want to explore the variety of foods so um, it actually starts as humble as mamak's yeah um, I believe the answers are all there the ideas are all there Um, mamak's Um, grocery shopping um, just walking down the street and seeing all the different types of foods that are around Um, the ideas are all there the ideas are all there it's just it just needs somebody to be able to connect the dots and pick up the pieces so um, as for me and my team what we do um, like let's say mamak we, we go with the perspective hey what can the mamak teach us what is it that people are ordering is it why the Te ice? Why, why sirap Bandung? Yeah, and we try to understand the mentality behind it. And is there something that Zeus can come in to make this more modern, make this more fun, make this more engaging? Yeah, that that is how we have always approached our ideations. Um, it we want to appeal to the memories of people where they have ah. Oh, I, I, I taste this. This reminds me of that. Yeah. So I, I, I've i always loved experiences like that myself. Um, whenever, like when I was traveling way, when I went over to England for a bit of time and I realized that food invokes memories. Yeah, Nasi lemak, for example. Roti chanai. So hard to find in England and so expensive. So, but the moment I have it, it reminds me of, being back at home. And I enjoyed that uh, reminiscence of food. And I think here in Zeus, that's what we're trying to achieve as well, to give people a memory to remember from or something new that, hey, uh, this is very interesting. It is something old but done new. Yeah. So you will find a lot of this type of things in Zeus. At the same time, find a lot of new flavors as well. Yeah. That, that, that's where we start.
1: And let's talk a bit about your signature drink. One of them is called Zeus Gula melaka. And as mm-hmm. you guys describe it, it's a cup that took 1,000 tries to perfect. Tell us about it.
0: Okay. Uh, <laughs> that one. Um, I think it starts with me loving Chandol. I love Chandol. I love gula melaka. And And um, I've always wondered how I could incorporate it into a drink so i knew that i wanted to play with gulam lakha i knew that i wanted to mix it with coffee um but i don't know what would be right what what would be the right flavor so over one year when we were when right before we were setting up sous um, we were just playing around, playing around with a lot of flavors together. Myself and my then friend, who later on became my partner, we were just, hey, try this. I, I made something new again, and then we had a chef friend as well. Then he was like, hey, why not you throw some pandan leaves inside? Why not you uh, add, hey, don't use this milk. Lah. You use that type of milk. Lah. And we were just going around to and fro. And in that course of a year, yeah, probably a thousand, maybe even more. Yeah, uh, because we, we just wanted that perfect um experience that we had when we each had that uh, personal connection with gulam laka. Uh, and when you ask about Malaysian flavours, gulam laka. yeah.
1: Is there some drink like brands or coffee chains that you look up to as a Malaysian coffee brand co-founder? I mean, you mentioned Starbucks, yeah, so Starbucks. Starbucks, Um, Starbucks.
0: Uh, The more we get deeper into this business, the more we get into uh, understanding how coffee chains operate, Uh, the more we learn to respect brands like Starbucks, um, brands like Coffee Bean, who've been around for so long and you wonder how they do it. And... Yeah, then how how do they stay on top of your game? How how is it that after even twenty five years they're still being the biggest coffee brand in the market?
1: And what are some things that you value from from your company that you really apply here at Zeus?
0: Oh, um I came from a cafe background where everything is done is handcrafted so um, I would spend, I would put in my heart to make this cup of coffee for you and it doesn't matter if uh, I put my cup over there first, then my machine is all the way on the right and then uh, the sink is maybe 10 miles down the road that kind of approach (laughs) Mm -hmm. and um, I realised when we first started Binjai, we had no Binjai is the first outlet by the way Uh, we had no um, such knowledge. So we just, hey, I think this cafe looks good. That's all. And then after that, um, when the orders start coming in and we are like, hey, why is our baristas bumping into each other? Um, why is it that, uh, why do they have to walk so far for the ice? That kind of approach. So Starbucks, then we went and observed Starbucks. How is it that Starbucks is able to make so many orders and the baristas are also happy? Why are my baristas uh, you know, yelling at each other? Then... Oh, we found out. Oh, they put the ice machine there. Oh, they put the sink next to it. Ah. So everything is so precise, almost like it's a it's an art of how they designed their uh bar. Um, not only that, how they designed their menu, it really gave us a lot of insight into how we can optimize things here at Zeus. So yeah, definitely a lot of respect for Starbucks, a lot of respect for Coffee bean. Yeah.
1: I remember the first time I drank uh, Zeus and then I'm not an app person. I just like to go to the counter and order. It's just like my, I don't know, I grew up during that era. Um, But then I downloaded the app because for the first first experience, you get like buy one, free one. Um, (laughs) And I think that's how you guys get people to download the apps too. Do you think like app is a crucial part of uh, Zeus Coffee?
0: Definitely. Definitely. Um, initially when we started this business, we didn't have this in mind. Um, we never thought that the app would be something so crucial. Um, but it was also because, um, when we were in Binjai, the first outlet, um, the first thing we, we thought of was we don't want a queue. We don't want people to start queuing up for coffee. Um, that is something that Starbucks has always faced, um, Uh, when I was working in Starbucks, I have customers that line up for 45 minutes. Yeah. (laughs) Just (laughs) like (laughs) Heidi Yep, Yeah. And uh, they would come up to me, you know, flustered, like, why, why 45 minutes? And then I got to wait another 15 minutes for my coffee. Uh, So we believe that technology was the solution to that. And that's how we decided to work on the app as well. And uh, we wanted to give, it was some, it was very simple. It's not what you see today. In fact, it was just as simple as, hey, do you want to buy or you can kind of pay through the app. (laughs) Uh, It's very complicated, but you can do it. Mm. Yeah. It wasn't as advanced as it is today, but yes, definitely, definitely very, very important and core to this business.
1: And what does your company stand for? Like when consumers think of Zeus, um, what do you want to think about? Uh, what do you want people to think about?
0: If there is one thing that I would like to consumers to have an impression on is that we serve good coffee. That is definitely um, the start, and right after good coffee would be that everybody that works to make this cup of coffee for you whether it's on the front end or the back end yeah um, it's a necessity and it's not a luxury yeah yeah so everybody on the back end it's all baristas yeah everybody is committed to making this cup making this cup tasty and making it good for you yeah that's definitely what we want
1: and we had a call before this recording, uh, you talk about how um, you don't believe in underpaying the bottom line stuff, staff, uh, staff mm-hmm. and at your heart, uh, it is to improve the industry in Malaysia. Can you mm-hmm. tell us a bit more about that?
0: Uh, yeah, one part of the reason why um, we have always believed to put our, our bottom line first it's also because I came from that type of background. Uh, when, I, when I came to start this journey, I was being paid horrible. Very, very horrible. Um,
1: How horrible, then, tell us. <laughs>
0: uh, let's say in the low thousands, thousand two, thousand three. Yeah. And this probably went on for about two years before we started to see something good. Um, and of course, my parents were angry, they were pissed. But then um, later on, when I had the opportunity to go Australia and go Taiwan, um, went over to, uh, even in UK, then I realised that baristas there are treated very differently. They're treated with a lot of respect. They're treated with a lot, they're treated like a professional career. And um, I have a few friends who have worked with me and in here in Malaysia, and then they went over to Australia and they come back to tell me, hey, Terence, you know, hey, thanks for what you have done. Thanks for sharing with me what you have shared. And um, because of what you have shared with me, I'm able to earn the same salary I was earning here, there. So Malaysian Ringgit to Aussie dollar, 3K to 3K. And... It, it, it made a very big difference. It gave them a reason to stay in Australia, um, gave them a reason to continue living. And I asked myself this, why can't we do it here in Malaysia? Why is it that Malaysia, we always have this struggle um, that only SPM leavers or people who cannot find a job only become baristas? Why can't we pursue this as a passion? Uh, and that is how... We want our baristas here in Zeus to be, we want them to be able to pursue this passion out of heart and not just because, uh, oh, the money is little, I don't want to do this. Yeah, we really want them to, hey, the money is not a problem. Do what you love to do.
1: Talking about um, getting paid, uh, I salaries in Malaysia and whatnot, there seems to be a notion that there are actually people who likes to drink coffee and then there are people who likes to be seen drinking coffee. But I think the average Malaysian cannot buy a 17 ringgit, like 15 ringgit coffee every morning. Sometimes they prefer to make it back at home. Like, what are your thoughts on this?
0: Oh, when I was in Australia, I didn't pay so much for coffee. Um, I earned a minimum wage. Uh, It was... As a student I was earning about maybe ten Aussie dollars. Uh but with ten Aussie dollars I could gui- I could easily buy two cups of coffee.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. In Same like day. in the
1: States, it's like for one cup of coffee it's like five point five USD. Yeah. Yeah. So exactly. but over here it's like seventeen. You earn three K, you pay seventeen. Over there you earn three K you pay five point five. So
0: correct, correct, correct. And oof, I, I couldn't take it. I couldn't take it. I saw that uh why there was something wrong here. There was something wrong here. There was, uh, there was something that we could do here in Zeus to make a difference to that. And um, I'm very fortunate that all my partners are also very aligned on this. Um, all of us love to drink coffee. That That's the start of it. And we all agreed that coffee here is a bit overpriced. It's not something that you can willingly spend um, that money on. In fact, um, if there is one day, I would hope even people in the rural areas will know of Zeus and be able to afford this.
1: So, what's next for Zeus? Like, do you have any goals set in the next, say, one to three years?
0: Ah, oh, in the what next one to three years? Um, of course, uh, the humble goal. The humble goal would be hopefully we'll be able to go international, uh, be able to share this same passion that we have um, with the countries around us. Uh, We are are seeing how they are doing things over there and uh, we are also referencing it here to Malaysia and hopefully we can really go go that angle. I think um, we want to be that Malaysian brand. I think Malaysians primarily are very... Uh, proud, we are very prideful over our na- our nation, and that's something that we want to do. Uh, we want to bring Malaysia this Malaysian brand out of Malaysia and show people that something great can come Malaysia as well.
1: And finally, what's your advice for budding entrepreneurs or people who might considering going into this coffee scene, starting their own cafes or like their own coffee chain? Is there any unexpected challenges they should look out for? <laughs> <laughs> uh, oof. a lot too much to name tough <laughs> one. this is a
0: tough one um, I, I think a lot of people would say this a lot of entrepreneurs would say this they would say don't give up mm. you know <laughs> give it your best uh, <laughs> keep trying uh, I would say this is something that I came along I, I think I did a bit of reflection and Um, One of the lines that I've came up with is weakness is strength in disguise. Yeah. So you want to find strength in whatever weaknesses that you're facing in life or in business. You just have to be able to take away its disguise and find the strength in it. And I think that's how we have always been approaching all our problems. Um, We have always, hey, is this a problem? Or is this an opportunity? For example, I think one of the biggest questions a lot of people ask us is, how do you guys survive MCO? How how do you guys grow in MCO? Um, I think first it starts with recognizing what MCO is and it's not a problem, but what are the opportunities that lie behind MCO and um, really challenging yourself to think in a way that There must be a better way out of this. There must be a brighter way out of this and not accepting things just the way it is. Yeah. So if you would like a word for budding entrepreneurs, um, stay curious. Yeah. Stay curious. Keep doubting, keep asking yourself and eventually you'll find a way out of things.
1: I think fear probably is one of the biggest obstacles. But talking about curiosity, I feel like as curiosity grows, increases, like fear decreases. I don't know, that's that's for me. I don't know how Mm -hmm. that rings true to you. But Terence, really, thank you so Mm -hmm. much for coming on the pod and sharing your story, for being funny and like transparent. Um, Malaysians, so proud. We have our own Starbucks right here.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I like the sound of that. (laughs) Thank you, Castle. It's been great
1: that was terence ho from Zeus coffee you have just listened to foodie canteen this show is produced by me your host castle Lim, and co-written by su lin Chung. foodie canteen podcast is made possible by the amazing team at good foodie media check us out on instagram and youtube at foodie canteen for more follow us for brand new episodes every friday see you next week